0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Couples Develop podcast. We are your hosts, Justin and Bridget, and I am Bridget speaking, marriage and family therapy graduate student, and Justin is my boyfriend and a financial planner, and we are so glad you're joining us again today.
1: And happy one-year anniversary to this
0: podcast. I can't believe it's already been a whole year, but that would make sense, beginning-ish of COVID.
1: I know we haven't had a podcast here in a little over a month, and there's a couple of reasons for that. But, uh, you know, when we first started this podcast, it was really to, one, do something fun as a couple during COVID. And as we were reflecting back on what it was just like 12 months ago with grocery stores not being stocked and uh, masks not even being a thing yet... The world looked a lot different than it is today. Still different than how it looked in 2019. But yeah, Bridget, it's just shocking that it's been over a year now since we first started doing this. And I would say uh, we succeeded with our goal as a couple of teaming up to kind of just talk through these things. And um, I love you, hun.
0: Aw, I love you too. I feel like it is so crazy to think that, I mean, the podcast is over a year old now and also just the beginning of the COVID pandemic and kind of some of the things you were mentioning. Like, it seems like the past 12 months have felt like years just with everything that's happened and all of, like, the transitions. Like, it especially seems so weird to me that, like covid was just about a year ago now but like we already had like the vaccinations coming out to like mental health or excuse me healthcare workers um like back in december and january like it just seems weird that the vaccinations were available less than a year from the start of the pandemic well not the start of the pandemic depending on what you look at it
1: yeah and you know Personally, we've gone through a number of changes here in the last uh, year. We know when we originally started this podcast. Bridget, do you want to give some of the updates that, that you've had?
0: Absolutely.
1: Besides turning another year old here, another year older? Yes.
0: yes. So, I, it is my birthday soon, so yes, one year older. I will graduate in about three-ish weeks so that is exciting and I have a job which is also exciting lining up right with graduation so that's all been good I'm actually continuing on my internship site so I get to keep my current clients from my internship and then I am currently working on building my caseload with new clients both um or individuals couples families as well as a couple of groups so that is all very exciting news
1: Yes, yes, I know. All of our listeners are doing their mental applauses right now for you, Bridget. Yeah, No. But so, uh, you know, speaking of which, as a couple here, we've been revisiting your favorite book, or one of them, Gary Chapman's Five Love Languages. What What do you like about that book? And, you know, it's one thing, we read it together a couple years ago now, I believe. Now we're revisiting it again. How, how do you feel that couples can benefit from revisiting things? that I'm sure that some people are like, oh, it was not a fun experience having to read a book on relationships to begin with, and now you're talking about revisiting the thing that I didn't like doing in the first place. I know some people may like it, but what does the married and family therapist say on that?
0: Totally. That's a good question. I think like nerdy people like me can't get enough of this stuff. But you're right, that it it can be dry to some people i think that i guess like for me like what i see the benefit of it as is like again i'm kind of a nerd but i feel like when i first read some of these materials i'm like oh my goodness like it's like an awakening i'm like this is amazing this is such great information how i can improve my life myself my relationships you know yada 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 and then like you read it again and it's not like it's um like revolutionary anymore like you've already had the content but you've seen it you've seen it have a role in your life already and so rereading it you can revisit oh yeah like I remember the first time I read this and like for the love languages specifically for people who are unfamiliar Gary Chapman is the author and he is famous for identifying what he calls five love languages Um, first one being words of affirmation acts of service receiving gifts quality time and then finally physical touch and his the whole premise of this book and his, some of his work and research is that um, individuals have you know one or two primary love languages with the other ones following in sequential order, and when you speak your partners or your family members or your friends or whoever it might be their love languages, that your love and your connection in that relationship just just deepens. So with revisiting this book, I feel like when you and I, Justin, were talking about it the other day, we were able to kind of see like, oh yeah, you know, these are ways that we're speaking each other's love language or like, these are kind of like how, like Justin, I know you mentioned that your love, and I think this is accurate, that like your love language is kind of based on your relationship, can sort of change based on like the season you're in. Like I think that as people, like based on our personalities, we're always going to have like one or two kind of love languages are things that we gravitate towards, but depending on the relationship, kind of the hierarchy of those love languages might look a little bit different. And you were mentioning kind of like the season that we were in when we were doing long distance in our relationship, as an example, the love languages that were most important to you then are a little different from what you identified as your primary love languages in our relationship now.
1: Well, yes, and I know we spoke about this uh, recently, and I kind of vetoed Gary Chapman. I said that there's six love languages, that my my number one love language didn't make the book, but it made our relationship, I made it known, and uh, is tone, because Bridget speaks to me always in very good tones, but I have communicated to her all the time how... Uh, In the past, I've had people not talk to me in a nice tone, and I'm surprised that it's not mentioned anywhere in the book. And Bridget even says she's never heard anyone talk about tone as much in, in re, for relationships and couples as myself. So thanks for always having a nice tone, Bridget.
0: Anytime, anytime. You make it easy to have a nice tone with.
1: So on a humor side... I love studying business and entrepreneurship. So in the past, I've watched the show Shark Tank and everything like that. If if you're not familiar with it, basically smaller business owners pitch to wealthy billionaires why they should uh, buy a stake in their company for a large sum typically. And uh, there was an idea on there uh, that hit the marriage and family therapy industry or was an attempt to crack into it. And it had to do with the quote unquote elephant in the room, Bridget, do you wanna touch on that and uh and for those people, just go to shark Tank or youtube and and Google Shark Tank Elephant in the room if you wanna laugh uh with your partner about how how that would actually you think it would play out in in real life totally.
0: I So, yes, I correct me if I'm wrong in any of the details, Justin, but I think essentially it was, like, an elephant that you would keep in, like, a glass kind of, like, box or a plastic box or whatever. And it would just kind of, I don't know, be in your closet or, like, away somewhere, like, you couldn't yeah. see it just in the box. And then, like, if something happened, like, if there was, as we say, an elephant in the room, meaning that, like, yeah, your partner did or didn't do something the injured partner would like take the elephant out of the box and like put it, you know, just in like a prominent area that like the partner would see.
1: So everybody could see it.
0: And so I think it was essentially like a conversation piece of like rather than saying what I would think would be more healthy would be to, hey, we have a problem. This is, I feel blank because blank. Um, let's talk about it.
1: Well yeah, and I and I think uh the everyone probably is not like that, Bridget, and so I think the person presenting it was probably more that falls in that camp of, "Honey, what's wrong? Nothing." Right. When uh in reality, something's wrong. Needless to say, I don't think any of the sharks bought into it because there was nothing proprietary about it. It was literally just a stuffed elephant in a box that Bridget described. But can you imagine that you you just come home from a long day of work or spending time with the kids or whatever it was and instead of coming home to see your lovely husband or wife you just see this elephant sitting in the middle of the room (laughs) like I don't know about you my heart would just drop be like what now we just had a conversation an hour ago or yesterday (laughs) yeah I'm gonna take that elephant and (laughs) Punt it out of the house so that way it could never show up in the room again. <laughs>
0: well, and I think, I mean, first of all, I I wonder how much it, they were wanting it to, like, cost. You know what I mean? Just it was, like a I thought it was like, elephant I in could a be,
1: I could be wrong, but I thought they were charging north of $30. Yeah, that's and crazy. A part of me even wants to say it was close to $60. I I mean, I could be wrong. Don't don't quote me on that but i do remember the sharks being like you're kidding me that you're charging this much for for something that has no proprietary things or anything like that so you know bridget you can, after watching Shark Tank, you can use that with your clients if they want ideas on how to evolve for, it may work for some couples, yeah. but probably will annoy the vast majority. And I have a feeling that, that elephant does not get equally distributed or equal use in the household, probably that there's not. probably one partner that's more abusive with it.
0: Probably not. Well, cause like you bring up a really good point. Like I'm just imagining like, so, okay. So like. We each come to the relationship as two different people with two different personalities, with two different experiences, two different conflict styles, ways of relating to each other. Like Justin mentioned the person who's kind of like, "Oh, I'm fine. everything's fine." no that it's, you're that it's, you're not that it's, person i'm
1: f- I'm fine. oh yes. The fake, the fake tone, the fake good tone. Oh, yes,
0: it all comes back to tone, everybody. But no, I'm not saying that you are that person, Justin, but I'm saying you brought up a person who would say something like, oh, it's fine, everything's Mm -hmm. fine. And so, like, I would imagine that, like, putting the elephant kind of, like, immediately there, like the example that Justin gave of just, like, walking in the door, you have to meet each other where you are. You have to compromise, where it sounds like the partner who would just kind of, like, put the elephant there is unwilling to let their partner kind of have some space to, like, to, you know, yeah, just, like, um, to decompress, do whatever they need to do after a long day, and to just, like, walk in and just know that there's, like, a problem,
1: mm-hmm. I just think
0: is kind of disrespectful. And I think that could escalate the argument, because I would imagine, like, there's just this heavy feeling of tension, and, like, either you address it right away, and, like, sometimes that's not always... What's best for the relationship or for the issue to just address it like immediately, and also um, until you talk about it, I would imagine that there is some tension, but it might work for some people. Yeah, I will recommend. I will. I will. Invite clients to use this strategy if they find it helpful.
1: Well, the uh, entrepreneur problem solver and me, as we we're speaking here, did come up with an idea. If someone would actually could have had a higher probability of pitching it to the sharks is that in the presentation they only had one elephant. However, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, what's popular especially for newly married couples is they'll be like um, his and hers type stuff. So, the elephant for him and elephant <laughs> for hers. And so that way then uh, each party knows, oh yeah, that that's my elephant. You know, if I feel like I'm not being used. Now I'm going to stop here because then it would maybe people would just be bringing stuff up for no reason just to bring out the elephant. So, um, we're done with this topic. Another news. Another <laughs> in in other news. Great other. date idea for for a couple march madness, get those competitive juices flowing everybody. Fill out a bracket with your significant other and their family and watch the fireworks unfold, especially if there's young children in the family that are intense. You can team up and try and take them down. <laughs> by coordinating your picks that didn't happen at all in my family to get back at my nephew for all the times that he's played pranks on me.
0: We are not at all speaking from experience. Yes.
1: But yeah, in other words, it's, it can be a fun process of picking. Who do you think we could pick and coming to, uh, respecting everyone's decisions in a, in a nice and equal way. So that's, one random thing that we did that brought us closer together this the sweet sense of victory brought us closer together
0: yes 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 and I think too just like um learning from each other's interests like I you're kind like I enjoy March Madness but I'm kind of like a I'm a groupy March Madness watcher where, like, I won't necessarily, like, seek it out on my own. But, like, you know, of course, Justin enjoys it. So, like, I'm watching it with him. My dad, my brothers, they enjoy it. So, if I'm, like, spending time with them, it's, like, on in the house. We'll watch it together. Um, so, I think also just kind of, like, learning from and um, participating in each other's interests is also a fun activity.
1: And you can learn to not judge your partner at their worst. So, for example, when we were always taking the initiative and starting to fill out the brackets and to think about who should we pick, and I said to Bridget, so, Bridget, we just need to pick the teams that are most likely going to win that or that we think will win the most. <laughs> and she's like, well, yeah, so is everybody else. For some reason, I don't know why I said it, but she didn't judge me and she had great tone.
0: I was just gonna say I was my tone and moment. boom
1: <laughs> stronger and closer together because of it. Oh my goodness. So do you wanna talk about a recent survey of well, apparently over fifty percent of Americans and of uh makes up two thousand people, Bridget?
0: Apparently. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Justin found this great article. We will link it in the show notes. And yeah, the title was 50% of Americans and the survey that they cited was 2,000 people. Um, So there's that. Mm -hmm. But essentially it was talking about the survey identified various factors that essentially allowed them to quantify um, based on their measurements, the amount of time spent in covid Like, just the stress and kind of the intensity of that year in COVID and quarantine together for couples was equivalent to, like, more years than just the one year. So, think of it as in, like, dog years.
1: That's not us. That's the article saying think of as dog years. This is
0: the article. But that's the way that I describe it. So, one year was four years?
1: Yeah. Three years? That's what... Four years. Apparently, Groupon somehow
0: sponsored this and and made...
1: partnered with some quantitative or mathematical firm that said, based on the amount of uh, time that couples spent together, one year equaled four years, and it was the biggest stress that any of them have ever experienced in a relationship, and that makes sense. Some of the things, as you would imagine, what drove people crazy, um, people or their spouse or partner being in the bathroom when they needed it, or their partner or spouse hogging the the work office, or their partner or their spouse's uh work work voice. <laughs> I don't, I don't really have a work voice, Bridget. I don't think really you do, but apparently some people do. Apparently some people. I think we even said on one of the first podcasts that you know, when it was all fun and games when COVID first started of the work from home thing of ever what everyone was learning, and one lady in our article said. I heard my husband say, why don't we just circle this back and start from the beginning? And she's like, I didn't even know my husband was that type of guy that he would even had that type of phrase in him. But he did.
0: I think there are like a new level is like work phrases. You know, like, like you probably do say like I'm just saying you as in like people in general probably do say different phrases at work that they don't in real life.
1: I'll have to try and find the book. One of my friends, the gay gif, got me a book that says how to appear smart in meetings that was meant to be silly, but there's actually some funny <laughs> stuff in there that uh probably does make you sound smarter than <laughs> than what you Dude, really are. Learned a lot. Like one of the things is like whenever you hear somebody say something with a big statistic, say say that's like, wow, that's like the size of Insert City here like this. That's like the size of Austin, Texas. Or whenever you hear a number equated to a percentage. Oh, so like 75% of the time you do that. And that made me laugh.
0: That was a good book.
1: Okay. Uh, Things Bridget and I are watching right now. Seinfeld, I'm... Showing, showing Bridget some funny episodes in there that relate to our lives. I mean, that's the fun thing, at least with in our, well, there, we have many more than just one fun thing in our relationship, but there's so many unique things that come up. Typically there's many Friends or Seinfeld episodes that uh, can cause us to relate to the very thing like Bridget's family's fridge just broke or needs repair. And there's a Friends episode, the one with Joey's fridge breaking so, um, yeah, it's a fun little thing if you want extra comedy to be able to relate to those fictional characters and how they, uh, to your real life, so.
0: And I think that, like, kind of like what Justin was saying, like, he, I mean, we we watch episodes kind of randomly, but, like, we also sometimes, like, something will happen in our relationship where Justin will say, you know, like, there's a Seinfeld episode about that, or, like, there's, like, a Friends episode about that, and, like, we'll watch it, and I think that that is just amazing how many times that comes up. And in my work meeting today, I've never um, watched Seinfeld. I mean, I've seen it on TV every once in a while, but with Justin's the only time I've actually sat down and watched it. And one of my coworkers made, like, a Seinfeld reference, and I was so excited that I knew what they were talking about.
1: Well, it's always good to watch those TV shows to get the pop culture references but
0: Absolutely. So on another TV note, let's talk about documentaries.
1: I'm still going on with my How the Earth Was Made. My history channel on YouTube has uploaded a number of uh, historical uh, videos, like uh, like I said, How the Earth Was Made, documentaries on like the ancient world, like Rome and Egypt and, and Atlantis. So that's been what's keeping me busy in terms of falling asleep. Uh, It helps me fall asleep because I'm interested in it, but also it conks me out. So if you're looking for sleep entertainment, there you go.
0: It is an effective strategy. I will. I will second that. Like, because they are interesting, and like, it kind of reminds me, like, as like a kid, like I would watch more of those, like. History channel things or like Shark Week. Like I know that's like not the same thing, but sometimes when like you would watch Shark Week they'd have like the narration and the nature and they are very soothing. And very mm-hmm. interesting. It's a nice balance.
1: And what do you have, Bridget?
0: Um, things I'm like watching or are doing books
1: or yeah. podcasts.
0: Yeah, I've mostly been listening to a lot of podcasts recently. Um Primarily ones I think I've mentioned on the show before. One new one that I have not mentioned that I've been listening to a lot is called On Purpose with Jay Shetty. Um, I don't know a lot about him. I recently started listening to his podcast, but apparently it's like the number one wellness podcast, according to something. And he says it in the beginning of every episode, so it must be good stuff. But he's Mm -hmm. also an author. He had a new book come out this year called Think Like a Monk that I'm excited to read. Um, he's a motivational speaker, author, things like that. It's good stuff.
1: All right. Well, I think that's all that I had. Bridget, do you have anything else?
0: No, this was fun.
1: Happy one year, everybody. Woo! Or, Well, technically, if we're going to use this survey, happy five year. Yes,
0: well, four yes. year.
1: I don't know. Somewhere in the five or fours.
0: One year, real life, four to five years, dog. years, yeah. survey years. Yeah. We had fun. Glad you guys listened. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to us at couplesdevelop at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until then, be well and we'll see you next time.